Welcome to the Bratz Podcast. Today, we're going to hear another Bratz story. Welcome back to the Bratz Podcast, where we interview Bratz. I'm Zach Taylor, here with Mark Taylor, the founder. How you doing? I'm doing good. Appreciate you being here and doing this with me. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, we have Laverne with us. We do. Laverne, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing very well, thank you. Well, good. And uh, you were telling me earlier that uh, you're up in Michigan? I am. I am. Dad retired, and uh, he retired out of Kinchlow, actually, which is in the UP. And he was born and raised in Michigan. My mom was born and raised in Texas. Every time Dad went on deployment, he moved us home to Texas to this little town called Haskell, just outside of Abilene, where Dice is at. Right, Dice Air Force Base. Yep. And when he retired out of Kinchlow, um, he asked mom, since we had spent so much of our childhood in Texas and got to experience that, if we could experience some of what his life was like. So we went from living in the UP of Michigan to this tiny, tiny, tiny little town called Luther. Um, <laughs> I mean, and it's tiny. We're talking maybe 400 people in this town. But it's a, it's a rural community, farm community, loggers, a lot of logging. Um and that's where, um, from the time I was 13, I have been in Michigan. Great. Now, you were telling me earlier that your father your, your father joined the Air Force when he was too young. Tell me the story about that. <laughs> he joined, he joined uh, when it was the Army Air Corps. Um, he wasn't of legal age. His brother had joined and went to Korea, and dad wanted to follow his brother. So he lied about his age. And he got busted and got sent home. And then it was, it was a few months later. I, I want to say six months later. Um, it wasn't a full year. I know that much. Um, he actually was legal to join the Air Force. And so he did. And he never looked back. So it was at the Army Air Corps. It was right at the time of the beginning of the Air Force, really early times, like 47 or so? Somewhere in that range. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't. Okay. um you know, I'm still dad passed two years ago and we're just going through all of his papers now. And I, it was somewhere in that time frame. Yeah. All right. Great. I, one thing I love is hearing about where like a brat's mom and dad are from because people get really thrown off when I'm like, yeah, my grandfather's from Oklahoma, but my grandmother's from England. <laughs> so it, it's always kind of funny to hear how it's, it's so wide range. Well, so your dad was in, um, you said your dad was in the Air Force. Mm -hmm. Yes. So kind of tell us the story of your, you know, where you, where you were when you were born all the way through his retirement. Okay. Well, I was born at Reese Air Force Base in Lubbock, Lubbock, Texas. Um, dad, uh, dad was stationed there for a couple of years because my brother was born in the same hospital that I was. Um, he went to have his taxes done. He walked into my Uncle Jack's office, and my mom was my Uncle Jack's secretary, and that was all she wrote for Dad. <laughs> <laughs> so um, he he married Mom, and that gave us our strong connections to Texas. After, mm -hmm. my, after I was born and my brother was born, um, Dad then got orders to Florida. He was at Patrick Air Force Base. Um, my younger sister was born at Patrick. We used to sit out in the yard every time those rockets would go up. We would have to take everything out of the cupboards and off the walls. We lived in a trailer park over in um, 
let's say Cocoa Beach, I think. Yeah, um, Cocoa Beach. Yeah. And so is Patrick Patrick in Florida? Yes, Patrick Air Force Base. It's okay. it's over by um Cape Canaveral. Okay. Yeah. We used to be able to actually sit out in our yard. We take our little, you know, those web lawn chairs, uh -huh. um, put them out in the yard, and we would watch the rockets grow up, go up every single were time. You, were you there when the Apollos went up? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Wow. It was really, it was, it was pretty cool. From, from Patrick, we went to, um, <laughs> oh, wait, <laughs> Patrick, yeah, the DDT trucks. I think any kid who ever lived in Florida on an Air Force base can speak to the DDT trucks. Those things used to go yeah. through your neighborhood, like great big sprayer arms that you see in the back of tractors. Right. Now, Zach is looking at me like very like a question mark on his face because he doesn't understand what those are. So um, I'll let him know those spray DDT for for killing mosquitoes. Oh. It was a fog they put out. Yeah. And and I think they might go ahead. The though. mosquitoes in Florida are so bad. They're worse than Michigan. Um, and that says a lot. They were so bad <laughs> that kids used to I mean, all of the kids in our in our neighborhood, we used to just run right behind the DDT trucks. Um, yeah, later on, they found out that DDT caused cancer, so it wasn't a good oh, thing. Oh, wow. Yeah, it wasn't the smartest thing to do, but it definitely kept the mosquitoes away from us. So, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so we went from Patrick Air Force Base. Um, I'm trying to think of my age there. We went from Patrick, we went back to Haskell. Dad went TDY, and I'm thinking that was one of his trips to Alaska. Um, he was up by the Aleutian Islands. I can't quite recall that base up there, but we weren't allowed to go. We were not allowed to go on any of Dad's trips that were out of the country. Um, right, and and I'm gonna just TY temporary duty, right. and that was a that's where a, a person in the military would go temporarily from his normal base to a different location for a period of time. It could be anything from a couple weeks to three or four months. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, dad did a lot. Of, he did a lot of those. Um, right. So our time as a brat, and I keep seeing it on our brats page on Facebook, we didn't get to um, travel like a lot of the brats did. We spent a lot of time in Texas. Dad was, you know, the Philippines um, and he did Vietnam. He was a POW in Vietnam. That was after we had been in San Antonio. He had been stationed in San Antonio at Brooks and Lackland. He were actually worked between the two bases there. Um, and then I, from there, he went to Vietnam. And, and you said, and you said that he was, uh, you know, a POW. Yep. Do you know much about that experience? I don't know. I know what happened to him wasn't so good. We don't know how how he was captured we know that he was with the 377th sac command um but we just we don't know how we don't know how he he had been captured we know initially for the first seven weeks they thought he, he was listed as mia and then when they came to the door the next time i remember my mom um my mom and my older sister i remember seeing um, Sue get teary-eyed and I remember mom shaking mm -hmm. and I think mom was expecting the worst news but they told right. her that he'd showed up on a POW listing and um, we, my grandparents you know we um, that little town we lived in 
that's where my grandparents were at. And they, my dad had the wisdom to always move us back home to family when he was going somewhere. So he always moved us back home to my mom's family, knowing that if something happened, she would, everything would be okay. And that wisdom, I think was the best gift dad could have given us kids. Um, And even, even my grandkids. Um, So you're, Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Um, so your story is even a little, little bit different than what I've always, you know, grown up hearing is my dad traveled. Um, you know, he went to England. He was born in England, then went to Texas and California and back to England. And he was he traveled overseas to the Philippines with him. And your story is kind of different that your your dad kind of moved your mom and family back to um, that family in Texas. Correct. Yep. Um, it was because dad early on, I think three years in into the Air Force, I actually just ran into that this weekend, um, going through some more of his stuff. He his security clearance was was pretty high. Um, so we didn't know a lot about exactly what it was that dad did. I know he did supply and logistics. I know he had his master's degree in that. I know he loved doing it. He he wouldn't have given up what he did for anything. He he loved it. I mean, it was one of the things he was most proud of in his life. Um, but he never um, he could never take us. He had a lot of TDYs, right. um, and I think there was a part of us that was probably okay with that. Uh, right. You know, always going back home. We had we had this. We would leave for a little bit, like we were in Oscoda, Michigan at Worth Smith for a while, and then we would go back to Texas. And so it's like we were going home. We knew we had friends there. We knew the school. We knew the town. So um, it was it was like we just left home for a little bit and we went back home. It was um, yeah, it's home. Yeah, support. Yeah, and, and tell me, did you, did you have any communication with your father while he was a POW? We got um, one letter a month, and it was just a couple of sentences in there. Listen to your mother. Keep your grades up. And wow. then it would, and he would say, "I love you, Dad," and that was it. That's that's all we got. Um, wow. Yes. So tell. Tell me about the experience of him coming home. I re- I remember uh, I was uh, I was in Dover Air Force Base in Delaware about I think it was 1973 or so, and I remember watching every one of those guys come home off the plane when they landed the Clark, uh, and, and we I had just been in Clark about four years before that. So one seeing those seeing those dads, you know, as a 12, 13 year old, watching those men coming off those planes, it just it just sticks with me stuck with me all, you know, all my life. Um, tell me, tell me about that experience or how, how that worked out. Um, when dad left for Vietnam, he flew out of dice. And for us, for our family, this part of our story is a full circle story. Um, so when he left for Vietnam, he left out of dice. And, um, when he came back from BMPOW, he flew into dice. And I vividly remember seeing people with rocks and tomatoes and other rotten foods type stuff. 
And they were on the other side of the fence from where we were at, the other side of the base where the plane landed. And they were throwing that stuff at them. And um, you know, that's I've uh, I've told my kids as they were growing up through the, the Gulf Wars and, you know, there's a lot of patriotism and a lot of support for the military here. And I tried to always tell them it wasn't like that. You know, we all being brats in the 60s and 70s, I know, had a lot of experiences like that with our own fathers. So um, that's something that we share in common now. I'm, I'm glad we finally got over that. Yeah. Um, so, given support to the military that we need to give. That time, our so, Vietnam vets, that time for them is, um, it's hard. It's just. So what was, so what was it like? Did you see them walk off the plane? We did. Come down the we ramps? did. We got to see them. They actually, they came down the, the stairs and um, the immediate families got to be inside. We, we weren't in the airport. We were actually out on the um on the tarmac with them. And it was right. a gorgeous, sunny Texas day. I, I, rem I remember that. Um, Cause I remember my sisters and I were mad because we had to wear a dress and we couldn't wear shorts and it was so hot. Um, yeah. <laughs> I just, I remember that. Um, and, and I remember being looking, looking for dad and um, I didn't recognize him because he was so frail. You know, I didn't I didn't realize mm -hmm. that that was what the word was, but he right. he was frail. And um, my mom recognized him. No, she recognized him. And um, she <laughs> she was dragging us four kids across to him. And we it was like, slow down, mom, slow down. She couldn't get to dad quick enough. And um, how old were you at this time? I was, I was, was it 11? I was 11 when dad came home. And um, I, I always, I always kept, I was angry, just really angry that mm -hmm. those people could do that to these people. They didn't know them. They had no, no right to do that. They didn't know them. And, um, right. I, Did you have any support locally, your mom from the, Otherwise, oh goodness, yes. You know, um, mom, every good. every Saturday morning, mom would make that hour's drive to Abilene. It was an we lived an hour from there, and she would make a drive um, to meet with the other wives um, there in Abilene. They were wonderful. Everybody at Dice, our entire life, even when mom and dad retired, um, Dice has been. Um, it's just a very welcoming, very. Um, they circled the, like my, we grew up saying we circle the wagons and we learned that phrase down in Texas. And that's exactly what they do at DICE. They circle the wagons around their own. And, and, wow, and they did. Right. Um, I, I, how about your father's recovery time? You said he, he was frail. After he, that. Was, he, he was, he was quite it? frail. Um, they discovered that he had TB at that time and um, he had to go down to San Antonio. It was a TB sanitarium. And he was there for an, yeah. a, an additional 18 months. And um, he lost wow. a lung. Um, uh, not a whole lung. Oh, he wow. lost he lost three quarters of a lung to the TV. But every Saturday, mom would pile us four kids in that car and down we would go. And we would be out on the sidewalk yeah. and dad would be in the window and we'd have the little posters up so we could talk to him. And it would only be about a half hour and then back in that car and back on up to school we would go. 
And while he was there, while he was in that sanitarium, they missed another anniversary. And my, my dad right. um, was quite the artist. And he painted a single rose for my mom. And wow. that painting um, always, always hung in their bedroom until they retired. And then it was out in the dining room. And um, wow. it's the most beautiful. I mean, we look at that and we just go, that's love because that's the only thing he could do. And it's just, it's, you mm -hmm. know, it's, it's something that's pretty special in our family. So, um, yeah. So he, I'm having a hard time just holding it together, keeping the tears out of my eyes, I tell you. <laughs> he came home. He came home from San Antonio, and um, he was he could go back to duty if he wanted to, if he did, if he decided he wanted to stay in. So he he did. But I remember there were times Vietnam changed him, that POW changed him. And I remember um, number one, you could never go and wake dad up. Mom always had to do it from a distance from there. Right. His mm -hmm. his um I guess now they call it PTSD. Um right. uh -huh. I just remember several times several times actually even through my teen years saying that that wasn't my dad that got off that plane that was another guy and I wanted my dad back. And um right. It wasn't until it wasn't until my daughter went into the navy um, that dad actually, uh, us as a family actually reconciled everything because it changed our dynamics as a family. Oh, absolutely. Um, and just that they, they stayed married and that that's an accomplishment. Right they there. did when, when dad, um, passed, that, did, that didn't always no, happen. No, they, they, when dad passed in 2018, they were married for 51 years. Um, yeah. We have, uh, in my own family, my mom's side, we actually have two POWs. My my mom's brother was a POW in the British Army, but he he died just before the war ended. And then her uh, brother-in-law was captured at Dunkirk, oh. and he sur he survived and has visited. He visited us two or three times here in Oklahoma, so we got to meet him and talk about his experiences. So um, we're kind of familiar with you know the the POW and my my side of the family as as well. But it's just wonderful to hear that they were able to stay together and. and and live out their lives. It's, uh, you know, what it, I, I think what it taught us kids um, is that you can find your way through anything. Um, right. It, it, if you're with the right person in your life, you can find your way through anything. And they did. And um, the cool thing is um, my youngest, she's going to retire out of the Navy next year. She's an IDC. And that's an independent uh -huh. duty corpsman. So when you hear the Marines call doc, they're calling her. Right. Okay. okay. Um, and her husband was also an IDC in, in the Navy. And so, you know, he did, um, he's done several tours um, over to the sandbox, as they like to call it. But there would be times right. where yeah. Mary would sit and talk to my mom and dad about how did you do it? Just how did you do it? And um, I, for dad, I think that was very healing. I think for mom, um, it showed her that everything was worth it. All those lessons, all that hardship. 
so that she could, you know, right. it could be passed on into the family. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it certainly changed our family. Um, but it also gave us a lot of good, a lot of good. Um, we learned with, um, with the way dad handled deployments, always moving us back home, back with family. Um, I've been able to uh, help with my grandsons when their mom and dad deployed. You know, they mm-hmm. come and they stay with us. And I've had the most incredible conversations with those two boys, um, really close with them. And we talk about a lot of times, a lot of the deployments and when they get angry, you know. Uh-huh. So that's a gift that that mom and dad gave us. And um, it, it, when dad passed, so this coming full circle with Vietnam, when dad passed, he is buried in Abilene at Elmwood. And he chose the site. Uh-huh. Um, it's just a few miles from the from the base. And he chose it so he could watch his planes. He's, he never quit loving the Air Force. And the honor guard. Um, I'm so sorry. No, you're, but you're the okay. honor guard was there that day, and they were just young airmen, you know, um, one stripe, two stripes, right. you know, just very young, young men. Um, but they were so perfect in what they did. And my brother and I went over to thank them afterwards because it was so perfect and so. Um, it was just done with so much respect. And the young, yeah, that, I, yeah. I, had this, I had the same experience with my dad. It had full honors as and well. And went over one and of the, um, when we thanked him, one of the young airmen said to us that he says, um, ma'am, it was our honor. And I kind of like looked at him. I thought, oh, you know, this is just a job. But he said, they just get a big, get a briefing on on the person. They, they just get a briefing. And, right. and his response was, mm-hmm. it is our honor to be here for such a hero. And my brother and I lost it at that point. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, I can't imagine. But for us, dad finally came full circle. And us as a family, Vietnam was put to rest because he was finally given the respect and the honors that he should have had all those years ago instead of tomatoes and rocks, you know, he was, he was given honors. And um, so for our family, it would, I think we finally have our peace as a whole. And um, dad definitely would have been very pleased that day. So. That that's so good. And I'm glad, I mean, that was, I think that's a perfect place to, to kind of wrap up the, I mean, going from him walking off the plane as a uh, coming home from a POW camp and the um, the wrong that was done to him to uh, the honor guard really paying them, paying him the respect that that is due. Um, that's a that's an incredible story. So I, I do have um, one kind of question for you before we sure. wrap up. Um, or it's two two parted. One, uh, wh- how do you think being a, a POW or no, sorry, how do you think being a brat has kind of shaped you looking back? And what would your advice be to uh, the brats of today? Oh, looking back, I've always said this. Um, being a brat, 
we never saw um we never saw color what we were taught to see what was around us all the time was just cultures embrace them learn learn about the cultures um and you see people you see so many different you you see mm -hmm. humans as individual people we never saw we never saw the color never um brats today um I don't, I don't think it's any easier for them today than it was for us when we were kids. The world is different. Um, and, and what I tell mm -hmm. my grandsons is um, you still need to look at, at the people that come into your world every time you move. It's, it's a new culture. It's a new spot in the world. And it's nothing mm -hmm. but adventures and lifelong friends and uh the world's a lot bigger than those little three or four hundred people towns that um a lot of our military come from and the kids yeah. need to it, it it's a way of opening their eyes to the world is much bigger than them yes laverne i want to thank you laverne i want to thank you for this amazing story and sharing it with us it just means so much to me thanks again for being here